ಭಗವತ್ಯುತ್ತಮಶ್ಲೋಕೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಭಗವತಿ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೋ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಕ್ಯಾಂಡ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಫೋರ್ಟೀನ್ ಚೆಕ್ಸ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಫೋರ್ಟಿ of Shumat Bhagavatam. Can all hear me? I'm a new person here. It's my first time here in Johu. And uh, Prabhu has kindly asked me to speak to you. But I'm not qualified. I'm just trying to follow the duty. So my verse is not familiar to you. I'll try to be on a check. Because I'm speaking English with my, like in India they speak with Hindi spiced accent, so I have African spice. So this is the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Prabhupada collected herbs from all over the world, so I'm one of those herbs. <laughs> so sometimes my spicing may not be... Uh, to your taste, but I will try to be clear. So the verse is in prose. Yadapi dik iba yano yano yeva raja shaya kintu param ride sairan asam eva mamiyam iti kita Translation There were many great saintly kings who were very expert in performing sacrificial rituals and very competent in conquering other kingdoms Yet, despite their power, they could not attain the loving service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is because those great kings could not even conquer the false consciousness of I, I am this body, and this is my property. They were simply created 
they simply created enmity with rival kings, fought with them, and died without having discharged life's real mission. Purport. The real mission of life for the conditioned soul is to re-establish the forgotten relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead and engage in devotional service so that he may revive Krishna consciousness after giving up the body one doesn't have to give up his occupation as a Brahmana, Katriya, Vaishya, Shudra or whatever in any position while discharging his prescribed duty one can develop Krishna consciousness simply by associating with devotees who are representatives of Krishna and who can teach this science regretfully the big politicians and leaders in the material world simply create enmity and are not interested in spiritual advancement. Material advancement may be very pleasing to an ordinary man, but ultimately he is defeated because he identifies himself with the material body and considers everything related to, to it to be his property. This ignorance actually, sorry, this ignorance, this is ignorance, actually nothing belongs to him, not even the body. By one's karma, one gets a particular body, and if he does not utilize his body to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead, all his activities are frustrated. The real purpose of life is stated in Shrimad Bhagavatam 1-13 Atapumbu Dvija Shrestha Vanasrama Vibhagasaha Svanastitasya Dharmasya Samshidir Haritoshanam It really doesn't matter what activity a man engages in if he can simply satisfy the Supreme Lord his life is successful. Om Magyanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurumitam Jena Tismai Shri Guravinamam Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadada Shri Vasadi Gora Bhaktavindam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So here this is um, the preaching about the 
forest of enjoyment referring to this material world. See also here, this is uh, by Jack Barrett, who was a self-realized soul. The forest of enjoyment is material world. So here, the example that is given is that uh, that he is giving, because he is preaching to the king, that there are many great saintly kings who were very expert in performing sacrificial rituals and very competent in conquering other kingdoms. Yet, despite their power, they could not attain the loving service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this is because the great kings could not even conquer the consciousness of I and mine. And Prabhupada, he calls this verse, Atapumbirdvija Shrestha. So this verse explains that the highest good that man can do in any vana or ashram is to please the Supreme Personality of God. Prabhupada, once he was in Australia, there is a a deity amongst the series of Prabhupada when he is meeting some scholars in Australia. So one of those people that Prabhupada was meeting with asked, why do you use words like rascals in your books? Some people are good but you seem to just call everyone rascal. Why do you do that? And Prabhupada explained. He asked, do you know what is good? And this man explained that some people are building hospitals, they are giving charity to benefit the poor, they are digging wells so that people can get access to fresh water. This is good. And Papa said, you don't understand what is good. Yes, and he quoted this verse. That good means that our activities are pleasing to Bhagavan. Samsidir Hari Toshanam. He said, Papa said this is the ultimate good. Because a man may engage in many, many activities in the material world which may seem to be good, but we don't know what are his intentions and motivations. But when his intentions are to please Krishna, that becomes supreme good. 
So again, Prabhupada is quoting this verse here. So Bhagavatam explains in the third canto chapter chapter 18 that there were five kinds of there are five kinds of conditions that were created by Brahma for living entities in this material world. First, they are covered by Tamishra. Uh, and then the second covering is under the Mishra. The third covering is uh, Tamas. The fourth is Moha. And fifth, Mahamoha. Hmm. Those who are from Indian origin, they understand. I'm just trying to, to speak, actually. I cannot pronounce Hindi or Sanskrit. But you understand. And then Prabhupada explains that Tamishra uh, refers to the ignorance of the living entity, which comes in the form of anger when he is quest for material achievements are frustrated. And then the second covering under Tamishra. Prabhupada explains that in the purport to that verse that it refers to the idea that materialistic people have about life that we live now there is no life after that and then Tamas of course refers to a lack of Atmatattva knowledge about the spirit soul which leads to people believing that they are these bodies. Uh, that, that is moha. And then from this moha comes the expansions of that in a form of my country, my nation, my family. Yes, so that leads to maha moha. So in a similar way, uh, here, this verse is just giving those points that even though there were so many kings in the past who were very expert in performing sacrificial rituals and were very competent in conquering enemies, but still they did not attain uh, to the loving devotional service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead because even though they were conquerors they could not conquer this illusion of I and mine very very instructive verse so this is the life in this forest of, a uh, of enjoyment the material world so Nidish has to say samsara visha vrikshaksha we evolve that the material world which is combat here as a forest and in Nidishastra is compared to be like the tree of poison yeah. now we have kalpa vriksha 
So Mitra word is said to be Visha Viksha. So it says that this material which is like a tree of poison but it produces two succulent fruits in a form of divine literature and saintly devotees. Yes, otherwise everything is said to be poisonous. Why? Because uh, visha or sense gratification is said to be visha or poison because it stuns the consciousness of the living entity or it kills the inclination towards Krishna and devotional service. So the Shastra advises us that for our benefit we should not starve but we should drink the nectar of immortality which comes in a form of Shastra and of course the saintly devotees who live by Shastra. Why? Because this could benefit us by arousing our attractions for Krishna and inclinations for devotional service. So this is the point here. That Narutam Das Thakur he said that uh, this Vishaya is like poison. For so long I have been drinking poison. And therefore I could not attain Vrindavan where I will be able to uh, enter into the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. So that is how the Acharya describes the material world. That because it provides sense gratification which kills our propensities towards Krishna is like poison. Sounds very heavy, of course. Poison. We're having a good time here. When is poison? Yes. But actually that's how the the Shastra sees the material. So the chapter says the forest of material enjoyment. So Srimad Bhavatam explains about the importance of the association with the sadhus. Because Niti Shastra says that the two are very important the Shastra and the Sadhus. But more important are the Sadhus because without the association of the Sadhus we cannot extract the nectar of immortality that is contained within the scriptures. We cannot understand. Just like when you read the verses, it's very difficult to understand them. But Prabhupada's
purpose are so clear, so lucid, that every common man can understand the meaning of Bhagavatam, Shumat Bhagavad Gita and many other books that he has translated. So therefore the association of the sadhus is said to be more important because by their association we can clearly understand the meaning of the Shastra. Therefore Bhagavatam says Tulayama Lavanapi that the association of the devotees or it is a moment Hmm. One moment association with pure devotees or a pure devotee is more important even than attaining Swargaloka. What to speak of material benedictions in a form of material prosperity, which is for those who are meant for death. This is what the verse says. Yeah, this is the, the, the sages of Naimisharanya too. Sutta uh, Goswami. Yes, that your association is so important to us. Is even more than attainment of Swagaloka or liberation. What to speak of some material benedictions. Yes. Which are meant for those who are destined to die because this association with a pure devotee can be a passage towards home back to Godhead so that is why the sages valued the association with Sutta Goswami so these two, the Shastra and the Sadhus, are said to be the succulent fruits of this material road. Yes, the nectarine literatures like Shrimad Bhagavatam and the association of the carriers of the Shastras like Sutta Kuswami uh, and many many other great personages Sukadev Kuswami of course our Prabhupada like for example Prabhupada writes in one of his books the Upadishamrita that this Krishna consciousness movement is conducted under the supervision of Rupa Kuswami hmm? What does that mean? Are we performing devotional service guided by Rupa Kuswami, being supervised by Rupa Kuswami? No. But we are following his instructions from his books like Nectar of Devotion and Nectar of Instructions. And Prabhupada says that advancement depends on the attitude of the performer. In other words, when we take these instructions or guidelines 
from saints like Rupaku Swami we can be benefited when we take them to heart when we ingest the knowledge deeper it can cause revolution it can awaken our attraction for devotion and of course the supreme personality of God so this is the point the verse is making that even though these kings were very great but they could not conquer the concept of I and mine as a result they were unable to uh, awaken devotional service to the Lord so this is the ultimate good Samsidil Haritoshan to awaken devotional service of the Lord by acting in ways that are pleasing to Him so this is the goal of all people in all vanas and ashramas devotional service to the supreme personality of Godhead just like about 1500 years ago the king of uh, Iran received a book which explained about the the Rasayana the elixir of life how this Rasayana is made from the herbs which are found in the highest mountains of India and when he was reading he became interested in getting this Rasayana this elixir of life and then he instructed his minister to uh, go to India and try to climb those highest mountains and get to those trees and get the leaves so that he could sample this Rasayana which was said according to the book it was able to bring back the dead man to life so the, the chief minister came to India and he was aided by sages they scorched all the highest mountains and selected best of the leaves from those mountains and, and from the herbs and trees and this mixture was produced and tried on dead people in India but it didn't work no dead man came back to life they tried and tried and tried but nothing worked so the minister became disappointed and he thought maybe the information the king had was false was false 
And then in frustration, he asked those sages who assisted him as to what to do next. So then the sages told him that there is one local philosopher who also long ago heard about this Rasayana, this elixir of life which was said to be extracted from trees and herbs of India but it was, he, he searched for it in vain. Let's go and find out from him. Maybe he will give us some advice. And then they went to see this philosopher and he explained that actually what the king read is allegorically. Actually in the story what is referred to as the highest mountains of India uh, the allegory refers to men of higher wisdom and higher intellect, the sages. And then what is said to be the, the trees and herbs there in the story refers to the the writings of those saintly persons, the books that they have written. And then what is referred to as Neta Rasayana, which is extracted from the leaves and herbs from those highest mountains of India, it refers to the, the wisdom that one gained from reading the books written by those sages. This knowledge is said to be an elixir of life because it's able to revive the dead consciousness of a human being and bring him back to his spiritual life. It awakens our uh, knowledge about Atma Tattva. It awakens our knowledge about our relationship with the Lord. And then the minister was very, very happy on hearing this explanation and then he requested this philosopher to borrow him the book so that he could copy. So that book today is known as Panchatatra by Vishnu Sharma. So that's how the story goes. Now actually it refers to the nectarine Shastra and the association with saintly persons. So the books that they have written are said to be an 
elixir of life because they can bring back to life men who are dead in the material due to vishaya sense enjoyment so when one extracts the nectar the rasa from these scriptures his consciousness is revived so in that way the minister happily made a copy and took it to his king who of course was benefited so that is the the glory of india the saintly association and the the nectarine scriptures like ramayana shrimad bhagavatam mahabharat and all the other vedas is because they are meant for this purpose to awaken our dead consciousness to krishna consciousness so that is the highest good that man can perform as Prabhupada is quoting this verse here Atapumbi Dvijasrishta that the highest good that man can perform in any vana in any ashram is by engaging in such a way that his activities are pleasing to the Lord Samsitir Hari Toshanam so that is the purpose of this verse that the king even though may be very powerful but if he cannot conquer illusion and awaken his inclinations to us devotional service to the lord he is not the achiever but actually he is a loser because the real goal of life is to awaken our devotional service to the lord that comes through the association with saintly personalities and nectarine scriptures like shrimad bhagavatam and bhagavad gita and many others so this is the the understanding here in this verse that uh, the speaker of the verse is sharing with his king and of course Prabhupada also in his purport is giving a very wonderful uh, explanation so with these few words I would request to end here and see if some of my superiors have something to add or some comment this is called uh, panchatatra it's more like a is used for schools like a story book for children using characters crows jackals yes yes it's still available in india
Yes, Prabhu. Yes. You said pronunciation, sometimes you cannot pronounce uh, Sanskrit, uh, and Sanskrit Hindi. or some words, but the meaning you understand and then can express. So how, uh, suppose I don't know the language, I cannot pronounce. So how can we develop that habit of pronouncing? A good pronunciation. Well, it, the simple process is to go to school. Like myself, I need a Hindi, I need a Hindi teacher to be able to pronounce Hindi proper or Sanskrit. Hare Krishna. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It also helps to speak and hear that help in pronunciation. Like if we hear Harikatha in English, and the person who is speaking, Harikatha Prabhu or somebody, you know, who, who are from England or America, so it helps us to copy them, imitate them. <laughs> you know, something like Britishers they speak English one way, American they speak other way. So accent, one is pronunciation, yes. other is accent. So hearing certainly helps a lot. And then of course reading Prabhupada books. Thank you, Devaknam and Prabhupada. Any other comment? Yes, Prabhu. Um, you were mentioning uh, the ambrosia of the Vedic scriptures can uh, give the immortality, means the liberation going back to uh, ultimate goal of life. Srila um, Prabhupada was establishing the Vedic principles around the planet, and uh, we can see. Uh, how influential, very, um, uh, very influential how Prabhupada was when he was on the planet and uh, by showing us his purity, following, following the teachings and instruction of his spiritual master. Uh, today, uh, how do you see, uh, how do you perceive how the Hare Krishna movement can also continue to develop this uh, Vedic culture around the planet and without uh, any deviation concerning the purity of the message of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the message of Srila Prabhupada. How do you see this in the future? By example in Africa or in, uh, in Europe or in America because there is tendency of deviation or a tendency of which is natural due to laws of material nature and uh, this I think personally it's quite an interesting point that we keep the uh, Siddhanta of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita as well in order that we can really become influential also for the attracting more jivas in the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
That's a good point. How to keep the legacy, the purity of the culture that is presented in Shumak Bhavatam. Yes, of course, we are not Prabhupada. And no one can be Prabhupada, but by Prabhupada's mercy, because we are the branches. He is like a tree. So we are meant to produce the fruits from that tree. We should, if we simply become instruments in Prabhupada's mission, and then it will go on with the same purity that he has given. But of course, as you are saying, deviations will be there. Deviations will be there because Prabhupada's Prabhupada used to say that once you become a devotee, it becomes a declaration of war with Maya. So in a war situation, there will be some casualties. Yes, we will have that. Because we are fighting a very formidable and powerful enemy. So some of our soldiers will be uh, in a struck down by the enemy. But we should keep on fighting because we are the soldiers in this army of Goranga Mahaprabhu. As Prabhupada said, it's like war situation. But uh, in my observations, as you have asked me, I cannot talk for others. This movement is growing more and more and more and more. And uh, the books are going out more and more. And uh, of course, I cannot really judge the level of purity because I'm an impure soul myself. <laughs> so that I cannot ascertain. That will take someone with a transcendental vision. I'm just a messy case myself. Yeah, just as you are seeing me sitting here, I'm just the example of Sri Prabhupada's mercy through his devotees and many other uh, associates of Prabhupada. I do not have the power to judge the level of the purity of this movement. That I cannot say. But in my observations, the movement is growing more and more and more and more. If you consider that it has been in existence for how many years? Maybe 45 years, something like that? Less than 50 years at least. Yes, it's growing, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger in many amazing ways. And we see so many wonderful personalities joining the movement. And book distribution is increasing. And uh, a lot of things are happening. Like say in Africa, before 2005 we didn't have a sanas of 
African origin. Now I think we have maybe more than about three or four. About four or five, yes. More than four. So it's increasing everywhere. Everybody is pushing participation because power part is eternal. He may physically not be with us, but his spirit will live forever. His through his instructions, through his books. A power part is always with us. So, in many ways, this movement will continue in the future, at least for some thousands of years. Because power part is there. Through his potency. Through his uh, vani. We will carry on. The books will be produced, will be printed. The books will be distributed. The books will make more devotees who will in turn become book distributors and distribute more books. For many thousands of years to come. At least that's my smaller realization. That Prabhupada is there. Prabhupada is guiding us. Even though he is not physically visible to us. But Prabhupada is guiding us. Otherwise, how is, how is it possible that we are distributing books, we are still building new temples, we are opening so many temples? Because Prabhupada is still guiding us. So he will continue to guide us for many thousands of years to come. And we will continue distributing books preaching, making devotees, because it's all by Prabhupada's mission. So that's my, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big person, I cannot really elaborate, but that's just my smaller understanding and experience that the movement is going on nicely. And uh, as I travel, I can see so many temples are being opened. This year, I was in South India. We opened a temple called Raja Modri. And then, after that, I went to Africa in Botswana. We opened a big temple of Christian Balaam this year. Recently, I've been invited in Pune for the temple opening there next month. So I'm seeing temples, new temples coming up, especially here in India, so many. Whereas before we used to have Radharasa Bihar Mandir, Mayapur, and Krishna in Vindavan, but after Prabhupada left the planet, so many others have come up, which means that the ocean is increasing more and more and we continue generations after generations at least that's my smaller conviction that is going will 
continue the books will be printed many devotees will come and distribute and Krishna consciousness will go on more and more and will benefit more people in years to come that's just my smaller realization maybe Nishinana Prabhu can shed light on that Thank you, Maharaj. It is a transcendental vision and it is based on Shastra and Vigyan. And I thank you for that. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, last year, the GBC, they voted to um, require all guru websites to have to have Prabhupada's picture prominently displayed on the home page with his title, Founder Acharya, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. This year they're going to vote on a proposal that Prabhupada's picture has to be prominently displayed on all temple websites and preaching center websites on the home page with his title, Founder Acharya, because there's some discrepancies there. There's quite a few sites that don't have that realization that Prabhupada is the shoulders on which everything's standing. But you see these corrective measures being taken little by little to make sure <clears throat> if you think about it all your all the gurus everyone here who's initiated not by but by one of Prabhupada's disciples those Vyasa Pujas will one day have one final performance and you have to think about it every single disciple other than Srila Prabhupada's disciples those guru pujas will end one day but not through the Prabhupada's his Vyasa Puja will be observed as long as the golden age continues so these are very hopeful understandings that we can see that Prabhupada is that thread that on which all pearls are resting and the more we adhere to his instructions and we understand that as Maharaj has, has very <coughs> eloquently displayed that we're in a great war with Maya, there will be casualties, there's going to be skirmishes, there's going to be battles, there's going to be politics, there's going to be so many things. Forty years I've you know, gone through this now. And I feel like you know, I've, made, I've got my battle scars, I'm a veteran of the wars, there's still more skirmishes ahead, but somehow or another, as Maharaj has, uh, has observed, we carry forward. We didn't know at the time that Prabhupada passed what was going to happen. The whole thing could, just in our eyes, could have fallen apart, and especially after 1986 when, you know, we had uh, 10 out of 11 gurus, you know, fell from their Vyasa sons. You know, it was, it was very dicey. We, we had no idea how things would go on. And they didn't go on perfectly. And they don't go on perfectly. And it never was perfect in Prabhupada's presence. But the fact of the matter is these temples are opening. They're being maintained. Devotees are, books are being distributed. So we can see in the big picture. We have to see the big picture. We become very myopic. We look just at the, our temple and our politics or our situation. But the big picture, the big world of Hare Krishna, the world of Hare Krishna, it's expanded. It's an expanding universe. 
It's not a contracting universe. And it's expanding with lots of, you know, bruises and sometimes sores and this. Yeah. You always know when you grow, you're a child, you have growing pains. So there will be pain. But it won't stop this movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Prabhupada's desire. And I think that we have to always keep the big picture in mind. What do you think, Maharaj? That's quite, that's, I'm for that. Yes, I'm for that. Hare Krishna, uh, if uh, Sadhu and Shastra uh, have different views on one issue, whom should we follow, Sadhu or Shastra? We follow both, Sadhu and Shastra. No, but uh, on some issue, there is some different uh, interpretation and different view by Shastra as well as Sadhu. Then should we follow Sadhu or should we stick to Shastra? Well, Prabhupada explains that uh, both are impo important because when a Sadhu is speaking, like I was speaking now, those who know the Shastra, they can tell whether I'm speculating or I'm in line with Prabhupada's teachings and, you know, the broader, you know, view of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So a sadhu is someone who lives by the Shastra. So both of them have to run parallel. So if they are not if the sadhu is not parallel with the Shastra, and then we take shelter of the Shastra. What I'm saying, both of them are supposed to be running on a parallel line, like railway, like a railway. Huh? But if the Shadu is not in line with the Shastra, then we can take shelter of the, the Shastra and reject what he is saying. So they are important. Both of them are important. But they have to run parallel. In other words, a sadhu is someone who speaks in terms of the Shastra, who represents the Shastra. So we can consult the board. We can consult both of them. But if the Shastra is not bona fide, it's just being presented to us by someone who is giving his ideas, not Krishna's ideas, so we can reject that Shastra and take shelter of sadhus. Because the Shastra is spoken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then a sadhu is someone who presents the, the words of the Lord as they are. So in that way, we can check. Hare Krishna. Any other comment? I have a question. Maharaj, yes. you described about the Sansiddhi, the perfection of life, to satisfy the Supreme Lord, that Sutugusami addressed to Rishis in Namesaranya. So, you also described about the Varnasram. Addressed to the Varnasram, Varnasram, yes. from the disastrous to Varnasram. The same thing in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says that if all the 
brahmanas, kshatriyas, vaisya and sutras, they will escute their prescribed duties, then the Lord will be satisfied. Sansose karmani bhirata sansithir lavate naraka. So the practical thing that how we can engage our members in our societies, then they can escort their duties, they will not leave the society and they will be cooperative. So what is the idea of a good Can you please repeat the last sudden get who will be cooperative, the devotees? Not the leader. The leaders. Which leaders? Means the king or the king. The leaders. Yes. They will engage them. Then they will be properly escorted their duties. Yes. So how the leaders can engage them? How can we engage leaders like kings? No, the leaders will engage the devotees. The leaders will engage devotees. Yes. How can they engage them? You mean our leaders? Yes. Yes, they are already in the, the, the formula is there in Prabhupada's books that devotees should read Prabhupada's books and get up from Mangalati and engage in activities of Krishna consciousness like book distribution and congregational preaching. Maybe you mean another engagement. The leaders are already engaging the devotees. Maybe I didn't understand you. What you mean by saying, how will they engage them? No, the my point is that the responsible king or the ideal king should okay. engage their subjects. Oh yes, it was not about the king. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, continue. So the thing that nowadays we see the many devotees join in our moment, but after some year or sometimes they leave. I you're talking about a king, you're talking about devotees, I'm not getting... No, no. My point is that how, why they leave. Yes. That what should be the leader's role to engage in proper way that they will continue their service. You're talking about devotees. Means leader devotees. Leader devotees, yes. How, they how can they engage the devotees under their leadership in such a way that they will stay and not leave? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's a good question. Well, on the GPC agenda now there is uh, a topic about taking care of the devotees. You understand? So if we take care of devotees, they will not live in great numbers. We just have to find some ways of caring for devotees. That is how the leaders will engage devotees in such a way that they will not leave our temples. So how to do that? It depends on different situations, but the room for improvement is there for everyone. 
according to different temples, according to our capacities and means by which we can utilize in taking care of the devotees. You understand? What I'm saying, what the point you are making is sort of like in the pipeline is part of the GPC agenda to take care of the devotees. That is, in other words, that is being promoted now on the GPC level. There is a ministry that is being established to look into that taking care of the devotees so that they do not leave. Is that okay? Am I answering your question? That's the satisfaction. <laughs> that is the practical <laughs> way, the practical way how they will engage means that is the agenda that also plays. What I'm saying, a practical way depends on each and every temple person and each and every temple will have its own needs, interests and concerns. It's like Mumbai is different from maybe Pune and Chaupati. They have a they may have different standards of engaging devotees. It's like Mumbai is a big temple and it will have bigger needs and many devotees. So the management will differ according to each and every temple. Those are the details. Now if you are asking me how Mumbai will Engage, can engage devotees in such a way that they will not live? I cannot answer that question because I'm not a Mumbai temple president or GPC. It depends on, you know, different managers in terms of their situation, their area of work. Simple, isn't it? <laughs> you understand? You want the details from me, you'll never get that. <laughs> <laughs> I look young, but I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> so the details depend on our leaders in terms of their place, their place of work. Each and every leader will have different needs and areas of interest. So I cannot, I can not, I can only talk for myself and the projects that I'm in charge of. If you ask me personally in your area, how, what plans do you have of, you know, engaging the world in such a way they will not leave ISKCON? And that I can tell you, but I cannot talk for the movement, because each and every uh, situation is different, and each and every leader will have different needs and areas of interest. Is that okay? Yes. I cannot talk for Mumbai, for Mayapur, Bhaktivedanta Mena, for the whole of this. I can talk for my own situation as a leader. What I have in a, as a plan towards engaging the bodies in such a way that they will not leave the movement. Okay. Anybody else? Matajis? I just wanted to add to your comment on Shastra and Sadhus. 
that actually Shastra is, uh, cannot be understood by anyone except sadhus. <coughs> if, we, if we read only the words of the Supreme Lord, we can't understand it. So it's like not a question either or. There's only one option which Krishna himself gave in Bhagavad Gita that it's given through disciplic succession. It's spoken by the line of gurus. So there's it's not either or. It's a Raja Vidya, Raja Guyam. It's a, the topmost secret and just no way we can understand the words of God except through science. And if there is any uh, doubt that a sadhu is not speaking properly, then there is yeah, so many other sadhus to discuss in forum and they come to proper conclusion because the truth is eternal and it's transmitted properly as we're experiencing through the expansion of the movement. That's my comment. Thank you. Yes. Okay. okay, thank you. Shri Prabhupada Ki.